Hey, Catholic Divas, did you know that sometimes just asking the right question can make all the difference? Come on into the podcast and we're going to discuss how we do that. Finding the right questions and asking them. Hello, Catholic Divas. Welcome to Cycles and Sanctity Podcast. I am Mama Jane, wife to Steve for almost 37 years, mother of six wonderful children, fertility awareness instructor, and a Catholic mindset coach. Are you confused about your cycle? Do you want to learn how charting your cycles can give you insight, not only to your health, but your mental and emotional state as well? And most importantly, using this information to draw closer to God and pursue your path to holiness? If you answered yes, then you are in the right place. Go grab your journal and your favorite pen and let's do this. As the wind gets brisker and the leaves change, we go deeper into the autumn season. Some of us wrap ourselves in blankets and snuggle on the couch with a cup of our favorite hot beverage. And some of us are enjoying our time in the kitchen, cooking more soups and baking bread. Some of us still need the air conditioner, not because we live in a hot area, but because we are still experiencing perimenopausal hot flashes. And some of us are experiencing hot flashes, not in our bodies, but in our thoughts and our emotions because of our state in life. As I mentioned in the last episode, that was me having hot flashes in my thoughts and in my emotions. And the thought that was leading the train wreck was, I am a mess. I shared with you how I began to unravel that thought. With the Lord's help, as I acknowledged all the fragments in my life that I could only see as broken pieces. And yet the Lord showed me that he desired those fragments, and I began to trust him. So Catholic Divas, what fragments do you have in your life? Let's take a few minutes and review some of the fragments and begin to examine them with our gift of reason. I told you that when we simply say to ourselves, I'm a mess, this thought leads to feelings of anxiety and stress and confusion. And the fruit of these emotions in our lives is a messy life. You see, dear divas, the first thing that we must understand is how connected our thoughts, our emotions, and our actions are that create our circumstances. We are physically beings living in a material world, and so we tend to look at the circumstances and simply want to change them. But the circumstances are the fruit of our actions which are the fruit of our emotions, which are the fruit of our thoughts. So if we begin with our thoughts, things will begin to change, even if nothing changes in our circumstances. So let's do a little bit of mindset coaching. Here's my thought. I am a mess. The first task I want to invite you to do is actually write out the thought that is in your mind. Sometimes we don't realize what we're actually thinking. A good place to start identifying the thoughts that we're thinking 
is to choose a simple topic. And I like to ask myself a question. So here's a good question to ask yourself. What are my thoughts about my cycle right now? Write down all the thoughts about that subject. Now, I want to warn you, your brain likes to play tricks on you. And as you begin to think about this topic, what are my thoughts about my cycle right now? You will have judgments about your thinking. And you may have judgments about yourself for thinking the thoughts that you're thinking. But I want to invite you to write all of it down. Get it out of your head and onto a piece of paper. This actually does two things. First, it creates space in your brain. Thinking these thoughts and these judgments about yourself, about thinking these thoughts, actually takes up brain real estate. The second reason that this is beneficial is that it gives you what we call a tactical pause. In other words, it creates a little bit of space Simply, you can start thinking about your thinking. So go ahead and give yourself some time and simply write. Now, for some of you, you would be writing for minutes or hours. But I want to encourage you, if you're that type of person, then simply put a timer on and just write for 10 minutes all of the thoughts, because I promise you 10 minutes worth of thoughts that are downloaded from your brain is going to create enough of that real estate space in your brain. And it's also going to give you enough material to really delve into this. Okay. All right. So what's the next step? Well, as you read everything that you just wrote, ask yourself, what is the heaviest statement? And what I mean by heaviest is that which sentence gives you maybe like the most emotional charge. Many times when we write these thoughts, maybe tears come up or maybe a tightness in your chest or maybe a tightness in your throat, or maybe you get tightness in your shoulders. This is what I mean by the heaviest, okay? And really there is no right answer because each and every one of us has different thoughts and each and every one of us has different emotions or reactions to those thoughts. As a matter of fact, when I have a really tough topic and I have a lot of thoughts that I've written down, sometimes what I'll do is I'll actually go back and tackle another thought and another thought if there's many thoughts that are creating a very strong emotional reaction. I kind of view it as sorting out a dresser drawers Imagine you have a dresser drawers filled with clothes, but you don't want to tackle the whole thing in one day. So you simply open one drawer and you pull out its contents. And then let's just say that particular drawer is filled with shirts and you have all kinds of shirts. Each drawer is a different topic and each shirt is a different thought. And so you've pulled them all out and you look at this one particular shirt, which you're going to examine. This is the way you're going to examine this thought. So you've found your topic and the topic that we're going to be focusing on is what are my thoughts about my cycle right now? And you're going to sit and you're going to write for about 10 minutes, all of your thoughts, no judgment of those thoughts. You're just going to write down anything that comes to mind. 
so that you can create that space and create that brain real estate vacancy. And then you're going to reread what you've just written. And you're going to find that one sentence that might be the emotional charge has the heaviest is what we call it, that has the most emotional charge, or maybe the one that you really don't want to look at that you didn't even think that you thought. So just go ahead and circle that one. And that's the particular shirt. If you want to use that analogy, that's the particular shirt that we're going to be focusing on. Okay. So now that we have the thought, what do we do? How do we examine this thought? Well, this is where Catholic mindset coaching and secular coaching completely differ. See, what I was taught years ago with secular coaching is I would just build a case of what we call thought swapping. And trust me, I have journals and journals of this method. And basically what it is, is you would take that one thought that's giving you that emotional charge and you would shift it in some other way or make it look different. And that sounds fine and that sounds really great. But what I have discovered is Catholic mindset coaching is much easier because in the secular world, when we thought swap, we're really just kind of trying to force your steering wheel to turn the wheels. And yet somehow there is a resistance. And this is because the Catholic mindset coaching understands how the intellect and the will are weakened through sin and yet can be redeemed. Catholic coaches trained with Metanoia Catholic understand what we call the ontological man and the reason cycle. So let me show you what's next. First of all, there's one rule. Are you ready for the rule? You may not answer any question that we ask with the answer, I don't know. Because when you say, I don't know, what happens is your brain shuts down. And so a powerful way to overcome that is if I did know, how would I answer this question? Okay. What that does is it opens your brain a little bit to possibilities. Your brain actually has a lot more information than you think about this topic. So if you did know the answer, how would you say it? Okay. So we have our topic. What are my thoughts about my cycle? And we have the heaviest thought that came out. Let's just say the thought is, I really don't want to get pregnant at this age. Okay, let's ask some good questions now. When I think this thought, I really don't want to get pregnant at this age, what's the one word emotion that I feel? Now, I will admit this can be a challenge when you start because sometimes we don't have the vocabulary of actually identifying what our feelings are. And sometimes also we can't identify one emotion. There's just so many. And that's a reasonable discovery. But I want to encourage you just to go ahead and write down all the emotions that you're feeling. Or sometimes we have a difficulty in actually knowing what the emotion is or even naming it, right? And so a good technique to help you identify the emotion is to ask yourself another question. What's the image that comes to my mind when I think this thought? So in other words, we're using the example of the thought, I really don't want to get pregnant at this age. So using your imagination, you close your eyes and you think this thought and you 
find out what's the imagination, what is coming up in your imagination. See, using our imagination is a really beautiful way of communication. And so I want to encourage you to like write down that image that's in your head. And when you're writing it, act as if you're describing this image to someone that's come from a different culture that doesn't understand the words or something. And then after you've written that image, then you can ask yourself, so what is the emotion that this image evokes? This is just in case you can't identify the emotion on the thought. So if, for instance, you're using this thought again, I really don't want to get pregnant at this age. And when I ask you, what's the one word emotion? You're like, I don't know. Well, we're not going to say, I don't know. If I did know, what would the image come? How would I look at it? Closing your eyes. Okay. I hope you're with me. So let's just say, for instance, using this sentence, I really don't want to get pregnant at this age. And the emotion that came up was actually a number of them, fear, uncertainty, and worry. Okay. So our next question we're going to ask ourselves is when I think this thought, I don't want to get pregnant at this age and I feel fear, what do I do and what don't I do? So maybe the answer might be, I think about using contraception. Or the answer may be, I choose not to have sex with my husband. I avoid my husband. Those are all reasonable answers. And now the next question, we're going to go a little bit deeper, is to ask, what is the fruit that we desire when I think about contraception or when I avoid having sex with my husband? Where is that leading me to? Well, we could answer Hmm, maybe that's leading me into near occasion of sin because as a Catholic, I know that contraception isn't appropriate and isn't recommended. And yet at the same time, I'm having this struggle. Or it could also lead us to maybe isolation and a breakdown in communication and connectedness with our husbands because we're avoiding sex. So do you see how when we take the thought out of our head, and put it on a piece of paper, we can start examining it. And then we can actually start seeing, oh, you know what? When I'm thinking this thought, this is the emotion that I have. And when I have this emotion, this is what I do. And when I do these things or don't do these things, this is the fruit, which is the circumstance. Okay, so let's examine this a little bit more deeper. I like to ask this question, when you hear this thought, I really don't want to get pregnant at this age, I like to ask, what's the tone of that thought? Now, sometimes we think the tone of the emotion, but that's not what I'm saying, is what's the tone of the actual thought? Many times, because of my own wounds, when I ask myself that question about a thought, I can actually hear someone else's voice saying that thought to me. And I can then a little bit easier identify whether it's a mocking tone or if it's a condemning tone or if it's a loving tone. Is it judgmental? These are the wonder questions that we're asking ourselves about the tone. And what is the tone? So why is this important? Well, let me give you a little bit of catechesis here. As Catholics, we know the story beginning with Adam and Eve. 
And we know that the only way that the serpent actually engaged Eve is speaking to her and beginning to question her, right? He said, did he really say that you can't eat fruit from this tree? And then the serpent started instilling doubt in Eve's mind about God's goodness and God's beauty and God's love for her, right? Okay, so this is why this is really important, because the actual spiritual battlefield is in our thoughts. This is where the enemy gets us. So that's why it's really good to ask, what is the tone? Who's speaking to us? What is the words? What is the flavor of it? See, our blessed Lord told us in the Gospel of John 10.10, a thief comes only to steal and slaughter and destroy. I came so that they may have life and have it more abundantly. Let me ask you again, what is the tone of the thought? And I know, like I said, I've done this with myself, and you may have thoughts or judgments about the tone. And if that comes up, then simply write down that thought or that judgment, and that's okay. Put it to the side. So now we're going to continue going down the reason cycle a little bit more. Now we're going to ask ourselves, how is this thought protecting me? Now, when I first asked that question, it was a little bit of a, I would say like a water splash in the face. It was kind of a shock. And I, I even asked myself like, wait a minute, why am I even like, what do you mean protecting? And so what I'm saying is, is that see, our brains are designed to protect us from any type of danger that we perceive. And so when we identify the way our brain is protecting us with this thought, then we can then identify the perceived danger that we might see. And it may be a true danger, and but many times the danger is only perceived. So our next question is very similar to that. Once we've identified how does this protect me, and we can say, oh, you know what, this is protecting me because whatever, whatever, then we can also ask, how is this useful? I really love this question. It really gets us a little bit further from the thought that we have, and it really helps us to almost become like a third party about the thought. It really helps us step out of the story and become detached from the story. So when we ask ourselves, how is this useful? And maybe we can find ways that it is useful. But most of the time we can realize, you know what, this isn't a useful thought, especially when we go back and think and look at what are the emotions or the actions and the inactions and what's the fruit of those actions. Then we can see, oh, I get it. You know what? That's not a fruit that I really want. It's not useful. This isn't what I desire. Does that make sense? I hope so. All right, so now we're going to go a little bit deeper. We're going to ask ourselves, is this thought true 100% of the time? And if it's not, how much is it true? What is the percentage of time that it is true? See, this is another method that the enemy likes to play on us because we say these words, we say these sentences, and it's just a blank thing. And we say, well, he always does such and such. But when we ask this question, 
how true is this thought? Is this thought true 100% of the time? Then we can start really starting to evaluate and really measure the time. Is it 100%? If it's not, then what percentage is it? So this is the challenge. And and again, it's no right answer. You know, you could say, you know, I, I've had clients who say, mm, it's like 80%. Okay, great, 80%. And some people have told me like, oh, no, it's 95%. Okay, you said 95%. Some people will say, "Mm, I I don't know, maybe it's only 50%. Okay, great, 50%. That's a great number. It helps what it does is it gives our brain a little bit of clarity and it gets down to really assessing what is the truth about this statement. And then, of course, now that we can say, okay, this thought is only true 50% of the time, then we could ask ourselves, okay, so what's true the other 50% of the time? And going back to our original thought that we're using in the examples, I really don't want to get pregnant at this age. Maybe 50% is, is actually, I do want to get pregnant at this age. Or there could be a lot of truths that you would have. And this is why it's so unique This is why it's so beautiful, because it's your brain, your thoughts, your perspective. So once we've identified what's the other percentage that could be true, we also then ask ourselves, what is the opposite? Like literally take the opposite of this sentence and turn it on. Like you're looking at a, a coin seeing heads. Let's turn it to tails. So what is the opposite? Sometimes that's such a switch that that's where the shift is. And sometimes that looking at the opposite is just too far of a switch that our brains can't even accept the opposite could possibly even be true. And that's okay. That shows us where our brain is at this moment. So another good question, if you're sort of in resistance is what I say, from that opposite, you can't look at the tails on the coin. You're like, no, 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 this is only true. This is only true. Even though you've acknowledged that maybe it's only true 80% of the time and maybe 20%, another great question to kind of ease your brain. Again, when we say opposite, sometimes that your brain's like, no, 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 this is danger. I can't look at the opposite. And so I'm not going to even go there and it puts up walls. So a lighter way of saying that is, well, what else could be true? And when you ask that question, what it does is it gives your brains the opportunity to look for other things. Hmm. Well, maybe this could be true. Okay. Well, maybe this could be true. That's, that's interesting. I've never really considered that. Maybe this could be true. Do you see how it opens up your brain and you're getting to start to think new things? So all of these questions help you examine the thought that you have. And here's the really, really great news. Thoughts are optional. However, when we simply just try to thought swap without even going through this reason cycle, our own free wills often fight us to hold on to that thought. We've had this thought in our brains for a while, and maybe we didn't even realize that we were thinking this thought until we did this initial thought download on that particular subject. And if we've been thinking this thought for a long time, then we've told our brains that this is something good, this is a good thought, and this is what we desire. But when we stop and we take the time to journal on this, we evaluate it, 
We look at it from a number of sides and we see what else could be true or if it's really useful or protective. Then we are using our intellect the way God created it to be used. And now we can understand how we've created this circumstance. But the best part about this examination is that we have the opportunity to choose to use our own free will. And so we get to ask ourselves, is this a thought that I want to choose to keep on thinking? And if the answer is no, many times because of the questions we've already asked ourselves, we've already thought of a better thought because we've asked ourselves, what could the opposite be true? Or what is the other 20% true? Or what else could be true? We've already found better thoughts. And so before we even begin decide thinking this new thought, we can ask, when I think this thought, what's the emotion? And when I feel this emotion, what do I want to do? Or what do I not want to do? And what do I think that the fruit will be? This is the beautiful thing about Catholic coaching. Many times when we start asking that question, like what else could be true, the shift comes so powerfully and our clients just get so fired up because they do see another possibility. And when we discover the fruit is in alignment with what we really want from the circumstances, then our brains are more willing to accept this new thought instead of trying to simply thought swap. It makes sense. It's actually a safe thought. And the really cool thing is, is how God created our bodies, is that he's given us this organ to help our brains. It's called the reticular activator. It's like our bouncer. Our brains tell the reticular activator what is important, and so it only allows that information into our brains because you don't even understand how much information we actually receive in our brains. It can't receive all of it. So think of it this way. Have you ever thought about buying a new car? Let's say you really want to purchase a silver Honda and you've been online looking at used cars. Maybe you've gone to the dealership. Maybe you've created a budget to figure out how you can afford this new car. And when you think of this new car, you get really excited and you start to dream of all the things that you'll do in this new car. And then what do you start to notice? It seems like every day, wherever you drive, you see a silver Honda. What happened? Did you simply manifest these cars into your life? No, these cars were driving around all the time before, but now you sent your brain on a mission. Silver Hondas are important. Look for Silver Hondas. See what happened? You see a Silver Honda, which then creates a thought, that's my car, which then gets you excited, and then you start looking for more. Isn't that fascinating? I just love it. Sometimes, though, you do need assistance to get all these thoughts down on the paper. And sometimes you just can't get out of your own loophole. Sometimes when you think about the thought out loud, it brings uncomfortable emotions and you're not sure how to manage those. This is how a Catholic mindset coach can help. The other day I had a client who had a thought and he also had a lot of judgments about himself thinking about this thought. And in actuality, the judgments were the thoughts that were holding him up. He knew he didn't want to keep thinking this thought, but he couldn't get himself out of the hole. So he came to me and, and he even said, you know, I've been doing a lot of journaling about this issue. I just need a little help. And he told me all the reasons why I was judging himself for this thought. Another time, 
my client came to me with a thought about a particular subject and I'm a fertility coach as well. And so I have a lot of clients who want to talk to me about subjects, but they judge the subject maybe in itself or maybe their thoughts about the topic, right? And so my job as a mindset coach is to create a space for you to help process this information. Many times I'm simply your secretary when your brain jumps from idea to idea. Many times it surprises my clients when I share with them what they just said. Their own brain moves so fast, they don't know all the things that they're thinking. And you know what? That is really beautiful. Personally, I know that my brain runs really fast and many times it runs faster than my own mouth. And so what I have a tendency to do is begin a new sentence before finishing the first sentence. My poor husband has had to listen to this for a long time. And sometimes he stops me when I start a new sentence before I finish the other one to verify like, wait, where are we going with this? Because he literally can't keep up. I had my thoughts about that. (laughs) But my perspective was that he simply wasn't keeping up. And then when I coached myself and asked myself to finish the sentence, it made me stop in my tracks. And you know what? Then I asked a coach about this, and she told me that I could experience the half thoughts that I spoke. It brought awareness to my speech. And so as a result, many times I willfully slow down my speech and correct myself when I notice that I have only finished a half sentence. I've benefited from coaching myself. And I also remember when my oldest son told me he went to college. He chose to go to a university and major in music. When he went to high school, he actually was taking guitar lessons at high school. And so I had stopped paying for and setting the appointments for his guitar lessons outside of school, thinking that the guitar lessons at school were enough. But when he went to university and was majoring in music, he told me, Mom, I really wish we had kept up with the guitar lessons outside of school. It would have improved my guitar skills. And some of these guys are so far ahead of me because they've been practicing. And I heard what he said, and I took a note to myself. Coaching is important. The extra time is important. Yes, we can do a lot of things on our own, and yet... That extra time having a coach is really important. So when you're in perimenopause and think that you are just overwhelmed all the time, you don't even know where to begin, go ahead and click the link below to come and experience Catholic Mindset Coaching. I am here to serve you. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please go ahead and subscribe and like. And also, more importantly, go ahead and write a review. And if you really love it, go ahead and share it with your friend. I will see you next week. God bless you.